how to start. Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're vital. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome back to Creative Principles. I am your host, Brock Swinson. Now, normally this is where I interview amazing writers, screenwriters, authors, creatives, musicians, all types. But over the next 15 or 16 episodes, we're doing something very special and actually giving away my first book, Ink by the Barrel, Secrets from Prolific Writers, the full audiobook over these next several episodes. If it's your first time here, make sure to hit that subscribe button. We will be back to interviews very soon. But this is part of my mission this year to give away 100,000 copies of my book. So if you haven't already grabbed your copy, go over to brockswinson.com. You'll see a link to the PDF. That's a digital download and audiobook, which you're about to listen to here. You'll also see at brockswinson.com access to things like the free 30-day prolific writing challenge and also some other challenges built around writing, such as the Upwork Unfair Advantage, which will teach you how to be a six-figure freelancer. You can also find courses such as how to write a nonfiction book in 12 weeks and some upcoming screenwriting and TV writing courses as well, along with my brand new one-on-one mentorship, Storyteller Launchpad. All that's over at brockswinson.com, but now let's jump into Ink by the Barrel, Secrets from Prolific Writers. In this book, which I wrote around episode 250 of the podcast, across these episodes, you'll learn things like how to annihilate a writer's block by embracing the playful trickster mentality or how to weaponize your anxiety with the different is better approach, how to defend your time with the calendar anorexia mindset, what it means to create ruthless prioritization and use the urgent versus important system, and probably most importantly, how to avoid self-sabotage. It's all on the pages of Ink by the Barrel, Secrets from Prolific Writers. And make sure to join my email list to learn about my upcoming book, The Self-Reliant Artist. All that's over at brockswinson.com. Part 3. Process. Chapter 11. Take Action Now. Doing half of something is essentially doing nothing. Jeff Sutherland. Starting the process is what makes you ready, says author Tucker Max and founder of Scribe Media. Max, who believes literally anyone is capable of writing a book, encourages people to dive into the process and essentially learn the method along the way. This shoot-then-aim method has worked to help thousands of people finish their memoirs, write their business books, and complete all sorts of other non-fiction projects, but the same is true for writers of fiction, screenwriters, poets, and everyone in between. One way Max and his team help people finish books is by creating benchmarks, or quote, champagne moments, to celebrate the writing process. Rather than celebrating somewhat uncontrollable situations, like actually selling a book to a publisher or selling a screenplay to a studio, the scribe team advises their students to focus on uncorked moments like celebrating first chapters, first drafts, or various other forms of practice-focused methods rather than results-focused methods. Finish a daily writing session, pop the bottle. Finish a chapter this week, open the bubbly. Finish the entire project, saber the champagne. 
I like to keep my champagne moments closely tied to things I can control, says Max. The results you seek in terms of money or notoriety, of course, will come later. So many people try to write their first creation without a proper plan or process, which guides them to the finish line. This is because there's a romantic idea of writers sitting alone at their desk, churning out fresh stories by simply following the character, letting the tale unravel on its own, or allowing for some kind of muse to guide them through to the end. These work for some, but they're exceptions, not rules. In reality, the process is what makes a prolific writer, not the hope that some outside force will arrive and hold your hand. Starting the work, creating a process, and finishing the work is what makes you a writer. Anything else that feels like an exterior force connecting the pieces together is nothing more than an added bonus. I spent years not finishing work, says Michael Lannon. A friend said, if you can finish something, you're miles ahead of most people. Most people don't finish because they always pick up something else to distract themselves or just leave it three quarters of the way through. You've met people who constantly talk about ideas but never take action. Unfortunately, those ideas are wasted. Ideas without execution are mere thoughts. For many people, talking about an idea helps them validate the idea. But if they never pin the thoughts, the idea dies. They die in the mind or within half-written manuscripts. It doesn't matter what you can do, it only matters what you actually do. Ken Burns would tell you, The conversation is meaningless unless you start. Find something that speaks to you. Russell Brunson would tell you, One hour of doing something is more valuable than ten hours of thinking about something. Casey Neistat would tell you, Ideas are highly, highly overrated. Execution all that matters. You either act on ideas or you set them free. You don't dwell on ideas. Thinking and taking action are both valuable, but without the latter, the former doesn't matter. It's one thing to visualize success and another to go after it. The difference is the decision to seek diligence because it's only within diligence that a creative mind becomes a professional writer. Michael Jordan may have visualized championships, but he also had to get the ball at the court. He didn't win those championships sitting in bed thinking about hitting the game-winning shot. Sure, he did that too, but just because you do the mental work doesn't mean you can avoid the physical work. The same is true for your pen and pad. Outside of unfinished manuscripts and half-written screenplays, you've probably seen this dynamic in a number of different ways. The government project that's $100 million over budget and two years behind. The Silicon Valley startup that ran out of runway after millions in angel investment funding. The restaurant that spent years planning a menu but no time taste testing in the community. The list goes on and on. This list of incomplete, half-hearted attempts is so commonplace that Jeff Sutherland came up with a unique idea to disregard the planning phase, force people into action, and help people complete, quote, twice the work in half the time. In a nutshell, Sutherland describes his scrum technique as a method to create accountability among teams by opening daily methods of communication between groups and evaluating the process in an ongoing manner to create better efficiency. Here's a brief example for individuals in the real world. Let's say you're rehabbing a house and have a huge list of work to do. This is where Scrum comes into play. You can use something called the Fibonacci method to rank each item on the list. This numerical system uses a ratio such as 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, and 13 because the numbers are more clearly defined than simply 1 through 10, meaning everyone understands the difference between 2 and 5 where 2 and 3 are negligible. 
So you use the numbers to represent time and level of difficulty for each individual task. For example, your list might include painting the living room, three, mounting the television on the wall, two, installing a new hardwood floor, 13, and hanging crown molding, five. Rather than trying to guess the full length of the project, you take a guess at the individual numbers and discuss them with your team, if possible, to see where you're missing steps. Then you calculate the average numbers completed week to week. After a week or so, you have an accurate average of how long the process will take based on actual results rather than a guess. Every other project or system in the world takes an educated guess and then spends months or years coming up with a game plan. Some government projects literally involve thousands of pages that no one will ever read for a project that will never get done. Scrum changes this foolish yet standard approach to painstakingly long projects, and it can do the same for your writing process. It works for everything, but the main idea is to take action first, then calculate results. The biggest priority between the Scrum method is to work towards better efficiency, but also more accuracy, within restraints like time. It's a more accurately defined feedback loop because it uses data rather than guesswork. In writing, rather than making the assumption you can finish the first draft in a month, just start writing. Then calculate how long it will take you based on the initial results. You write 500 words a day on day one, but how about day two through seven? Can you keep up the pace? What can you realistically do for two straight weeks? What about four? Now all of a sudden you have a hypothetical idea of how you could physically write a book each year for a decade. If this sounds complex or even crazy, that's fine. The point is, you can figure out your own method, build a realistic timeline, and take action today, not in a year from now. You can also reassess book one as compared to book two to see if your pace slows down. Either way, putting in the work first is better than just talking about putting in the work. When you guess how long a project will take, you create risk, but also a false hope. Instead, you're better off simply starting, then calculating how long a project will take based on actual results. There could be higher motivation in the beginning, so recalculate often for an accurate number, especially if you're tackling a larger than normal project. In short, your process needs to accurately represent the best work method for you. If you write better in the mornings, write in the mornings. If you write better in the evenings, write in the evenings. Put in the work. Check off the boxes on your list and continue. These signals of progress are what turns amateurs into professionals. You need signals of progress, says author James Clear. One of the challenges of building good habits is that there's a significant difference from the act of showing up and doing the work. He adds, the feedback loop, these signals of progress, they're way too delayed, too slow to maintain motivation. Making it visual, a spreadsheet, a habit tracker, an X on the calendar, that goes a long way to creating a signal of progress while you're waiting for those delayed rewards to accumulate. Work, then measure. Write while you think. Write in order to think. Write, then edit. Then, and only then, pop your champagne in celebration. Writing a book is a tremendous experience, says Seth Godin. It pays off intellectually. It clarifies your thinking. It builds credibility. It is a living engine of marketing and idea spreading, working every day to deliver your message with authority. You should write one, he advises. To reiterate the advice from Max and Godin, sometimes you need to take the leap before you know what's underneath you. When something has never been done before, it's actually easier because there's no reference. No one will compare you, so that gives me wings, notes director Louis Leterrier. For me, it's less scary to approach something of this enormous magnitude when you don't have something breathing over your shoulder. 
Then every good take is a victory, and the energy on set is incredible. Leterrier is talking about the massive puppet series Dark Crystal, which included an Indiana Jones-style carriage race, underwater puppetry, and the biggest set Jim Henson's company ever created. He describes it as, quote, a human story of foam and rubber. I hope people keep taking giant leaps of faith, he says. Netflix doesn't cut corners. They try to tell the best possible story for a certain audience and make one story the best possible. That's the beauty of Netflix. Every day is premiere weekend. If this sounds overwhelming, it's not meant to be. A leap of faith is supposed to involve bravery, but it's also supposed to be simple in nature. It's all about small steps towards a larger goal. And if you're afraid of falling, imagine the fall as follows. There's nothing to hold on to and there's nothing underneath you. Being uncomfortable is suddenly about enjoying the fall. Because for many people, it's the first time you really feel the freedom of the air. The single best rule I've heard as a writer is that the way to write a book is by producing two crappy pages a day, states author Ryan Holiday. It's by carving out a small win each and every day, getting words on the page, that a book is created. The small steps make up the journey. The small steps define the process. The small steps are the process. We substitute convenience and speed for process. Cautions Ken Burns. Everyone wants to have it done, and I get it, but what you really want is to keep that scaffolding up long enough that you're sure the building is gorgeous and will stand by itself. It takes time, and you have to do that. Have faith in the process. As for everything else in between, it's merely a distraction. Put in the work and don't lose track of the major goal. Defend your time to focus on the process, even if that means fighting yourself. Avoid the impulse to chase the next shiny object and finish what you started. Chase Jarvis says, Sudden inspirations aren't innocent. They are your brain's last-ditch attempts to get you out of doing the work. A fresh idea will always be more appealing than the grind of a project that's already underway. The next shiny thing is a distraction. Hell, your good ideas are a distraction. Focus on what's great until it's done. The same is true for the little things that appear to matter but do not. In other words, the writing is important, but the marketing is urgent. You have to forget about the urgent until you complete the important. Again, the latter doesn't matter without the former. Jarvis also says, Never let the admin get ahead of the real work, the making and the doing. It's the work we do as a distraction while telling ourselves it's helpful because it's in line with the goals of the project. It's not the work. We have to do the work to get better. The best creators start with a plan. Nothing too rigid. Knowing how to balance structure and flexibility comes only with experience. You don't need a blueprint, just direction, adds Jarvis. With direction, you can find the way. With direction, you can become better. You just have to face the fear that the work may not live up to the idea. There's a legitimate fear that if we actually make something, we'll have to face the true state of our skills and accept how much improvement we still have ahead of us, concedes the photographer. But, as stated in the beginning of this text, we have the time to get better. When we face this fear, there's room for growth. We have time to face our capabilities and even to exceed our estimated limitations. For each individual item on your work list, James Clear will tell you to, quote, win the moment in front of you right now. This might mean writing your first sentence. This might mean writing your next sentence. This might mean writing your last sentence. Through the work, you will find fulfillment. Author Victor Frankl says, Happiness cannot be attained by wanting to be happy. It must come as an unintended consequence of working for a goal greater than oneself. In other words, the joy comes from the process. Everything else is somewhat irrelevant. 
Simply trust the fact that if you put in the work, you will get better. Then put in the work. Sometimes it's harder than you think, but sometimes it's easier than you think. When you're ready to stop, if you have presented all the facts and made the points you want to make, look for the nearest exit, writes William Zinser. The perfect ending should take your readers by surprise and yet seem exactly right. Knowing when to end an article is far more important than most writers realize. He adds, Think small. Decide what corner of your subject you're going to bite off and be content to cover it well and stop. Every writing project must be reduced before you start to write. Herman Melville wrote about the pursuit of one well, not the whaling industry. Mark Twain wrote about a single boy's journey, not 19th century America. Anne Frank wrote about her personal experiences, not the effect of the Holocaust on the world. When you're content with the work, focus on a singular vision of the work, and willing to put in the work each day, it will be meaningful for both you and your reader. Like life itself, the ending matters less than that which led you to the ending. As fitness expert Aubrey Marcus says, everything is a false summit. Success is the process. How will your process define the writer you will one day become? Thanks so much for tuning into the show. Before you take off, I want to give you a free gift. I'm giving you my first book, Ink by the Barrel, for free. That's the digital download and audiobook at brockswinson.com. Inside this book, you'll learn how to annihilate writer's block by embracing Elizabeth Gilbert's playful trickster mentality. You can learn to weaponize your anxiety with Kevin Kelly's different is better approach. And learn how to defend your time with Ryan Holiday's calendar anorexia mindset. There's just a few other ideas in the book, Ink by the Barrel. It's also based on over 400 interviews I've done right here on Creative Principles. So go steal that book right now, Ink by the Barrel, to learn how to be a prolific writer. You can get your copy that's digital download and audiobook at brockswinson.com, B-R-O-C-K-S-W-I-N-S-O-N.com. And if it's your first time here, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode.